best superhero catchphrase. What do you think? Who is it? Um, you want me to go first or you? Because I, I have one that I had thought about on the way home. Um, I, I, I'm going to say... I'm going to say Shazam. Oh, that's a good pick. I know, right? The OG Captain Marvel. Uh, I, I picked Shazam because uh, it's also what turns him in Billy Batson into the superhero. And it's also his catchphrase. Man, so is it his, would that, does that count as a catchphrase? I, think, I think it does. Hell yeah. I, I think it does. Totally. Um, so the one I thought of and when I kept thinking about it, I kept thinking this is kind of a Marvel thing. You know what I mean? The catchphrase, but. Oh, no way. There's a lot of, there is a lot of DC yeah, ones. Yeah, I guess you're right. Jumping Hera. <laughs> right. Um, Great Caesar. Ghost. That's, that's true, too. Did the Batmobile. Right. Or holy red skies of death, Batman. <laughs> um but the one that I the one that I thought of was um, Johnny Storm with Flame on, because I just think ah same vein as really mine. it is yeah I mean it's like he says Flame on he's he's turning into the Human Torch I mean like everybody knows what happens after he says Flame on yeah not bad um, I'd say yeah I was I, I would think about I was thinking of a what uh doesn't Perry White have one? I thought his was Great Caesar's Which, Ghost. Then what does Superman? Oh, up, up and up, up, up and away. Um, does the Flash ever have one? Not that I know of, but I mean, I was. I know Spy. <laughs> Spider Man. My my Spidey's has like thingy. seven. Well, that and he goes, "Here's web in your eyes," and you know that kind of sure, stuff. Sure. Sure. Or like the thing. It's clobbering time. Dude, it's clobbering time. That's a good that one. That's a good one. That was, that was the best thing impression I've ever heard, by the way. That's pretty <laughs> good. I, I appreciate the compliment, but I, I, I don't think that's true. <laughs> it's clobbering time. Something like yeah. that. Yeah. You gotta sound, your voice has to sound a bit more gravelly. Welcome to another episode of GeekCast X. I'm Jake. And I'm Sean. We just want to say thank you to Anchor for, you know, allowing us to host our podcast through them and giving us the tools that we need to edit through them. Um, also, if you're, you know, trying to find our podcast, you can find us on uh, like a backlog of all our old episodes on YouTube. Uh, we're also now on Spotify. And if you actually go to our Anchor page, it'll give you a list of all the different podcast hosts that host us through them. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter. Just search KeyCastX. We're also on Facebook. You can give our page a like. And we actually recently uh, started an Instagram page. So there's that. Yeah, please check us out. All right, so last week, uh, Matt Reeves uh, released photos of the new Batmobile. Uh, what would you think of that, man? Um, so I'm 
I'm excited to see the Batmobile kind of re- return to uh, more of a sports car or, you know, just not a tank. Not that I don't like the other ones, but I've just always been a fan of the Batmobile being more of, you know, more of a sports car a little bit. Right. I was going to say some of the uh, heavy influence on it seemed to be the uh, 1966 uh, Batmobile with, you know, the Adam West Futura. Then we got a little bit of the 1980s Batmobile as an influence, the one that Jason and Todd stole the tires off of, mm-hmm. uh, with a little bit of a mix of uh, Burton-esque features with the wings flying, you know what I mean? The the tail yes, flaring the out like that. Yeah, the fins. Uh, and some Neil Adams mixed in there. But I definitely love that new look altogether. Because um, you could definitely see, like, when they show the back of it, there's certainly that turbine, turbine engine, you know what I mean? Right, absolutely. Absolutely. And that... And then some things I was reading about was it was influenced by the Batman Overdrive comic, uh, which is basically uh, a comic that they just came out with last week as well, I think you said, right? Last week. Yeah. And it it, it tells the story of like a young teenage loner pre-Batman Bruce Wayne, and he's kind of like a grease monkey. And he, it tells how he came to build the Batmobile while still processing the pain and guilt of his parents' death and how he comes to understand that he doesn't have to walk through life on his own. Hmm, very interesting. It does seem like it's a new... It does seem like it's more for children. That was my vibe. Yeah, it, it definitely the artwork gives that vibe as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm just excited to see him, you know, drive, like... It, it it reminds it gives me nostalgia of the 1989 you know batman re- batman and batman returns batmobile a little bit which that's that's my see, favorite I feel, model for sure right it was see that i feel like it's more based on just like not even the futura because it doesn't have like a, a a top-down thing it looks like you just open the side door and pop in you know what i mean rather than the batmobile we're used to where he hops in from the top like an open canopy kind of right, thing. right i wonder if the side door the side door does seem a little bit more practical to be honest just just a tad bit right can you imagine if he like goes to hop out and like trips or something <laughs> like oh crap a cape got caught on the, the gear shift oh right right <laughs> uh, here's an interesting fact uh stop me if you've heard this but did you know that like the 89 batmobile they had two different cowls because like the regular batman cowl the ears were really tall and so they had a batmobile uh cowl so that when michael keaton would slip into the batmobile the the little slidey roof thing would clear the cow- i did not know that but that that is that is a funny little tidbit that oh you never you never heard that no i never heard that one before it makes sense there's a lot of scenes where like i feel like in that movie where you can't see the top of his head a little bit you know Mm -hmm. like maybe they're hiding it i mean the whole movie's dark as all hell so you know right (laughs) yeah yeah makes use of those shadows right for sure burn does so I will I, I would say so I will say this the look of this one is definitely one of my favorites just because of how practical it looks. But I think my favorite Batmobile look of all time, like it used to be the tumbler because I liked that the wheels, like the how you know, they worked, they were like independent of each other. Mm-hmm. 
but I'm digging the, the uh, I almost said Christian Bale, uh, the Ben Affleck Batmobile. I feel like looks really cool. Yeah, I feel like that didn't get enough praise. That was a that was a cool looking Batmobile. That reminded me a lot of like the Arkham Batmobile. Right, right. Well, the first one, they they seem to change the design. Well, no, the first one kind of looked like the George Clooney one with the weird spinny front thing. Yeah. I was I was thinking of the most um, recent one, uh, Arkham Knight Batmobile. Oh, oh gotcha. Mm-hmm. It seemed like it was kind of shoehorned into that game. They're like, look what you could do now, huh? Huh? The Batmobile. And then you're just like, okay, I'm doing this mission or whatever. Well, hey, look, guys, remember that Batmobile? You're gonna use it. <laughs> right. I mean, it was it was. Uh, yeah, I I personally did not care for the Batmobile like tasks at all. I was like, this should be more of a toy rather than a you know thing i have to do to get to the right. next level exactly mm-hmm. exactly so so speaking of batman right uh christian bale what you got for us <laughs> so uh tessa thompson apparently in an interview um well i guess she was at the season three premiere of westworld and apparently told an entertainment tonight reporter that christian bale will be the villain in Thor Love and Thunder. Um, is Tessa Thompson Valkyrie? She is, yes. Um, okay. And I guess separately, Vin Diesel also confirmed that the Guardians of the Galaxy will be in that movie as well. So... What? I know. I that Hey, that all sounds great to me. I, it reminds me of the Dark Knight where they say in the movie, you either live... You either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. I just find that right. slightly ironic that Christian Bale has become a Marvel villain. I just hope he's not right. one of like the forgettable ones. You know what I mean? Like I hope he's a real good villain. Um, I have no you know, it's idea funny. who he could play. Funny. It's funny because Michael Keaton was also a Batman who became a Marvel villain. Yes, very true. Very true. Um, I have no idea who he's going to play, though. Like, I, I don't know my uh, villains very well, but you got anything on that? No, do I. Uh, I saw a Photoshop of him as, like, some dude, a red-looking dude. I, I don't know if they've confirmed his character or not. Mm. But, I don't know. They'll get speaking, my money. Speaking of other actors in Marvel movies, um, I don't know if you had heard that John Krasinski had expressed interest in doing a Marvel Cinematic Universe role. And it's funny because lately a lot of people have been doing these fan photoshops and like fan castings of a new Fantastic Four. And it's always John Krasinski as Reed Richards, AKA Mr. Fantastic and his real life wife, Emily Blunt as the invisible woman. And uh, and the the direct quote he said is, uh, I would love to do it. I think to be a part of the Marvel world would be amazing anyway. The fact that people would even consider me for that level or part would be amazing. I generally, genuinely have no, uh, have had no conversations or don't know anything what's happening with that. I'm waiting for Kevin's announcement of what the hell's happening with that. So uh, just as much as you are. Yeah. Hey, I, I think we're all pretty much for John Krasinski as Reed Richards. I mean, he already looks like a string bean. I mean, at least that's how I remember him from The Office. But I mean, holy cow, son! Have you not seen a quiet place? I did see a quiet or, or, place. Jack, Jack, or what's that one Tom Clancy 
uh, Jack, uh, not Reacher, not Ryder, Jack, uh, Jack Ryan. Dude, he is ripped. Hey, I mean, that's cool. I just always think of him as lanky, you know? Like, it just makes sense to me that he would be Reed Richards. I mean, I would, I'd, I'd pay to see that. A lot of, oh, a lot oh, of the yeah, fan casting, uh, a lot of the fan casting is always really blunt as Sue, and then they want, they want Zach Efron to be the Human Torch. You know, I'm, so I'm pretty cool with that too. Uh, and then I guess it really doesn't matter who plays, you know, the thing because he's going to be a rock anyway. I don't know. Maybe Dwayne the Rock Johnson could play Ben Trim, or would that be too ironic? I don't know. I think that would be cool. I mean, I, I think I would. I, I could see The Rock playing like just about anybody. So, I mean, right? He's got range, dude. Yeah, mm-hmm. that he does. Also, uh, in other news, Gina Carano, also known as Cara Dune, confirmed that they just wrapped season two filming of uh, The Mandalorian on Instagram. She had posted a photo, and uh, I guess we have four directors confirmed for this season so far. Uh, veteran Star Wars director and producer Dave Filoni, John Favreau, obviously. Then we got Bryce Dallas Howard returning, and then Carl Weathers. Uh, he's the uh, he plays um, Greed Karga. He's the black guy. Mando. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's him. He's going to be directing too, which I thought was interesting because I would never have pe- pegged him. You know what I mean? Like, oh, really? Okay. Doesn't he seem like a weird one? He does seem like a weird one. Has he directed things? Like I remember, before? I don't know. I've never checked out his directing credits, but I, I did. Like it's like when you're watching the old episode of Smallville, and it says like directed by Tom Welling. You're like, really? Hmm. I would not peg him as a director, but okay. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, I mean, yeah. I'm excited for the Mandalorian. Looks good, man. Who is it, man? I'm ready for some uh, lightsaber action, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. I hope we get, like, a sizzle reel around Comic-Con time. That'd be tight. Speaking of sizzle reels, did you get a chance to check out that final uh, Black Widow trailer? Um, so I have not watched the most recent one. I hear Taskmaster, excuse me, Taskmaster is a big deal in this one. Holy cow. We get some more shots of him. Dude, yes. Um, he he looks. First off, his costume looks great. He's low key one of those like oddball villains that I love. Um, like we get to see some of his shield action. And those of you who don't know much about Taskmaster, like his ability uh, is to basically in the comics he'll like see what he's kind of like a Mazo in the sense that like he can copy your moves. Yeah. And so in the trailer yeah. we can like. Yeah, right. In the trailer, we get some of like this montage action where like he'll be doing different scenes. We get a scene where he's like throwing the shield around, uh, which is also iconic to the character in the comic. So that's nice to see. Uh, we see him using a bow and arrow like Hawkeye. There's a scene where he has like Black Panther claws. Um, Ooh. Yeah, dude, it's pretty sick. He's definitely featured a lot in this this last trailer. We also got some really cool shots of uh, Red Guardian in action, and that's her father in the movie, and he is played by David Harbour. And that's kind of cool. I love. I, I'm always a big fan of David Harbour. So he was he was great as Hellboy. Yeah, me. Um, me too. I also like David Harbour. I did not know that he was her father, though. 
No, really? Neither did I until I saw these trailers. Interesting. That also kind of throws the whole, like, I didn't know my father's name was Ivan thing kind of out the window. But maybe not. Maybe she never knows his real name. Whatever. Switching over to comic book news. Um, Three Jokers has gotten a release date confirmed for June 7th, 2020. Um, for those who don't know, the Three Jokers story is this. It's this idea that started a few years ago that the solution to Batman not ever figuring out that who the Joker's real identity is, is that he's been three people, three different Jokers the entire time. Um, the synopsis to my, to my understanding is, is that it's the original Joker that we see in the 1940 comic. It's the Joker that beat um, Jason Todd with a crowbar and murdered him. And then apparently the Joker that also shoots Barbara Gordon is the third Joker. So the Joker from The Killing Joke, The Man Who Laughs, and Death in the Family. Yeah. So, I mean, okay. it's it's it sounds like an interesting story. I mean, I'll check it out. Dude, yeah. I, uh, have, have you gotten to see any of the, like, kind of pre-promos they've been releasing? Like, where they show each of the three Jokers, and then there's, like, a cover photo that they released where there's the three Jokers kind of sitting at a table playing cards with Batman in, like, a first-person point of view? I have seen those. Those are pretty cool. I like the Joker with the crowbar. Yeah. I always love the... Oh, yeah, of course. You gotta love the Joker with the crowbar. Of course. Mm-hmm. I, was, I like the, the, the killing joke one, too. Yeah. It looks very badass. Insane. <laughs> I feel like they, re- they released, like, a like a little tidbit of a panel where, like, Batman is, uh, like, walking into the Batcave and, like, undressing, and he's just, like, tattered and torn. So, like, you see just this trail of his bat suit, and then there's one part where, like, Alfred has to cut the suit off of him and that's like all we got i did see that i saw that in a tweet today um yeah i mean hey it is i'm all for uh, it one of the quotes i heard about it was it's not another batman and the joker story it's more like a joker and batman story if that makes sense like more is it, about him i guess is is it like or is this like see i i'm still confused about that i mean it's that sort of what it sounds like but i mean they've they've done crazier things with the continuity so who knows maybe it could be canon for instance superman just killed batman one punch to the face really what was that in uh i sent you a link to it earlier today poison ivy like pissed him off or something and uh, he punched him in the face and, like, his head bounced off the side of a building. But then, like, Poison Ivy brought him back to life using, like, surgeons and magic or something. <laughs> they brought him back to life with some, comic book, with some comic book stuff. That's what they did. Yeah, right. Exactly. But it's funny because, like, it was saying, like, this is canon. This is canon. I'm like, yes! <laughs> Finally, someone had the balls to do it. Someone had the balls to write that story. <laughs> Usually they're like, oh, it's an Elseworlds. It doesn't count. I'm like, bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The classic Batman versus Superman debate. Dude, it's funny, though, because, like, 
like the pan the panel set it up like poison ivy is like sitting back in some kind of chair and then like it looks like if i remember correctly batman is dangling off the side of a building by his feet and so is catwoman and then like superman just gets like super pissed off at him and just kaboom one punch to the face and then like you see the next panel is like his cowl is like half ripped off and like his eyes are rolled back at his head and just bloody all over Hey, he could do it. There's this really cool scene um, in the Justice League Dark movie where the villain has manipulated the Justice League into fighting the Justice League Dark team. And Batman's the Dark team. And there he's taken out some of the Justice Leaguers and trying to fight them. But he stops for like just a moment and starts to say something to Zatanna. And she hops up and is, she says, Superman, stop. And her backwards speaking um, spell ways. And when she says that, Superman is flying right into Batman and his fist is almost like touching his face. So it's like he flew at like full super speed to punch him in the face. But she saves his life. That's that's, a, that's pretty badass. <laughs> yeah, it, cool scene. So the Jay and Silent Bob reboot movie has been a success. Recently, an article came out um, by Forbes, written by Travis Bean. Um, Basically, the Reboot Roadshow sounds like it's been a heck of a success. So their opening weekend, they made $93,520. And that doesn't sound like much when you think about it, like compared to Endgame, for example. But the catch is they made they made all that in one theater. And Kevin keeps releasing it in just limited theaters at a time. Um, at one point, they were average. They averaged sixty thousand dollars per theater, four times in a row, to see that. Whoa. Right. I mean, that's crazy. A local Virginia theater was selling tickets for forty-seven dollars per ticket, and of course, that was with an appearance from Kevin. But maybe that's how he sells the seats. Right. It's funny because um, I thought that one went straight to video or straight to video. What year is it? Straight to DVD and digital. Right. Um, it, he has released it in theaters. It's just, it's always been a limited release. And I mean, he keeps doing this road show where he goes and, you know, talks to the audience and then watches it with them. Um, he even came to Studio 35 in Columbus um, on October 28th. I'm ashamed to say I completely missed it. And yeah, I mean, it, the man, I, you know, people always think, oh, he's this kind of goofy stoner, but you know, I think he's, I think he's a very clever businessman. I was going to say, he knows how to play, I was going to say, he knows how to play the game. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, and all this stuff, uh, going to watch the movie, the director going to watch his movie with the audience. Like nobody does that. Nobody right. does that except Kevin. I can't see Chris Nolan doing that. <laughs> right. Maybe um, just the premiere. And that's it. Exactly. My question is, do you think he's tired of seeing it? 
Because I know he always he always says I don't make movies for mainstream people. I make movies I want to see. Right. I don't know. I mean, my guess is he's probably got to have a little bit of a lag. Right. For sure. Burnt out a little bit. So for those of you ha- who have the DC Universe app, there's this new show out called DC Universe All Star Games. And it's basically Sam Witwer, Ray Prince Jr., and a motley crew of other semi-famous people uh, play a board game from the 80s. And Jake and I started to watch it, and I scrubbed through it until the end. I basically kind of skipped along just to get the gist of it. And it does not seem like a show I would want to watch. Uh, Personally, I I said to Jake, I'll give that show a 3 out of 10. And that's only because I love Sam Witwer. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Like you're a big Sam Witwer fan. Yeah, dude. Seriously, the whole three is just on the on the back of Sam. I mean, he's a good he's a good dungeon master. It definitely seems like a show which like a like a niche. That's the right word, right? Which like a, a very niche audience, where it's basically them playing this this role playing game. And I know a couple of people who are into role playing games, but much like sports, like I would not want to watch someone else play. I I would be more interested in you know, throwing a football back and forth with my friends, you know, or like if I was going to take what, like take part in the game, I'd rather play the game rather than watch someone. Like, do you ever have like your brothers playing video games and stuff and you're just kind of sitting there watching them? It's, it's not very fun. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I, you're absolutely right about it just being a niche. I mean, it's, it's a very selective audience that would watch it. I mean, that game's from like the mm-hmm. 80s. And I'd never heard of it until watching the show. But I mean, like, Whitworth is like the only personality there. I mean, they got some guy that's apparently a wrestler, but he, even he didn't seem interested. I totally caught that blonde chick sitting next to Whitworth, like rolling her eyes, yeah, def- like on Whitworth camera. Whitworth definitely brings the like, All right. <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah. I will say that, like, the other thing that is weird is that, like, they're not even. Like the character cards, it's kind of like the game Munchkin a little bit. Uh, but the character cards they get, they're not even like superheroes. They're just like teenagers in a high school. I guess that's the premise of the game. It takes place in a high school in Gotham. And, and they're like sneaking around trying to get out of detention or whatever. It's just, anyway. Right. It's just, it's a weird, the whole thing sounds like a weird premise. I mean, I, I hey, we would try playing yeah. it, but I don't know about watching a show on I'm, i mean <laughs> i mean as one who is a big fan of sam Witwer, i hope it does well for him because i know that's one of his big hobbies is rpg games so mm-hmm. hopefully it takes off a little bit i don't know yeah we we won't be watching it though no. Now it's time for the panel review with our comic crusader. Jake, what do you got for us this week? Um, so this week, I'm going to be talking about a uh, Batman Elseworlds tale uh, called Gotham by Gaslight. And the premise of this Elseworlds tale is it's basically Batman versus Jack the Ripper. Um, it's, it's a classic tale. The art by Mike Mignola is fantastic. I mean, it really, to me, it really carries the, um, really carries the book. Um, Sean, you've read it. Hell yeah. Mignola is one of my favorite, bro. 
he was he was a great choice because I mean, if you've ever seen any of Mignola's work, he is heavy-handed with the shadows, and uh, it's it's like the all of his artwork is super simplistic, but like the way he uses like weaves shadows to create detail, it like makes it pop. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's very very fitting for like 1880s and 1880s like Gotham right. City where everything's candle lit and there's no electricity um which hey it, it looks fantastic and um, and the storyline was fantastic too and there, there's little nods and easter eggs in it too like they have a poster of uh the the man who laughs basically as the joker Right. Nice little Easter egg in there. So, I mean, I got to say, you know, what I like the most about it is the artwork. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's just it is it, it's a, it, it's exceptional. It makes it a classic story, sure. really. Um, I have this weird fetish kind of for oh. Batman having a collar. Oh, I know. Right? Um, that too. That's why I love that new Bat- Batinson suit so much. <laughs> that right. looks awesome. I mean, I, it's. I, it's kind of the I think it's the first one of the first Batman collars that you sure. see is in this one. Yeah. And he has knives. What would what, what would you rate it? So I'm gonna give this one a four. And the reason I'm gonna say not like a five or just the reason I'm giving it a four is honestly I think the story does kind of lack a little yeah. bit. I said it earlier that the artwork does carry it. Um, to me, you know, a story where the main villain, you know, when you're keeping his identity a secret, turns out to be really the only new character in the mm-hmm. comic. Eh, yeah. Um, but, I mean, overall, it's still it's still for it. The story's still better than a lot of comics out there. For sure. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna stick by four. Yeah. four I'll agree. Five. I'll give it a four out of five too. Uh, most of the main points, you you hit the nail on the head, for sure. Um, it, it's mm-hmm. it's definitely one to check out though. If you got if anyone hasn't read it, highly recommend it. Definitely like probably one of the like top five Elseworlds Elseworlds stories. For sure. Oh yeah, has to be. has um, to be. Um, so we bring up both. Gotham by Gaslight for a particular reason. Our uh, next commentary, we're going to do the Gotham by Gaslight movie. And um, so please check that out. Um, the commentaries have been fun for us so Heck far. Yes. We hope you like them as well. We hope you liked that uh, the Red Sun one because that one was really fun to do. And then, uh, good news <laughs> Batman Gotham by Gaslight is available on the DC Universe app. So, not a sponsor, if you have the DC Universe app, Feel free to watch along with us. Yes. We always count it down so you can start and so you can start with us and continue right, watching. Right. And so we'll be doing that next week. All right. So guys, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Geekcast X. We'll catch, catch you next, you next time. Catch you next time, geeks.